Yeah, good job, men. Great job. The game of baseball was, is, and will always be the greatest game ever played. Boy, the umpire stepped out and said, play ball. Boy, to watch those athletes come out, catch your all in his armor, ready to sacrifice his body, whatever their cost. He's the second coach on the team. He knows every position. He'll line them up for wherever they're at. He knows each batter. Does he hit left side, right side of the field? He lets the pitcher know, you put the ball on the inside, he can't handle it. Oh, the catcher, the pitcher. Not everybody can tow the rubber and bring the heat. Take a curveball and take it across the plate. And watch the umpire say, take one! And the batter steps back like, that yeah, wasn't even close. <laughs> the game of baseball. Don't you love the savvy between the shortstop and the second baseman? Boy, they got to have those quick hips and quick arm and accuracy. I mean, you can't make a mistake on a double play. It's got to be right on time. Not everybody can play first base. You got to be lean and mean. You got to be able to take the heat. You got to be able to lay it out, strain for that last little pop of the ball, knowing that he beat the base runner. I'm talking about athletes. Talking about a game of baseball. Right fielder's got to have the best arm on the team. He's got the farthest to throw it at every base. Come on now, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand. Come on, let's stand up. You ready? Come on. Simple time, guys. No. Come on, come on, come on. Come. I tell you, the church of the living God has a charge, amen, from heaven. You can be seated. Babe Ruth was taught to be a game changer. He was a boy going nowhere. Got caught breaking windshields on locomotives on his way to jail, but he stopped by the basement of a saloon, said, George Sr., this boy's a good boy, but he ain't going nowhere under your leadership. Won't you put him somewhere where they'll love him and teach him? Next day, little George Jr. went to St. Mary's, six, or 800 kids there, boys. It was there that he taught, taught the game of baseball. Guy there by the name of Brother Matthias took a liking to all those boys. Those boys knew how to fight, but he began to teach them, we don't fight here, we're a family. We pray together. We eat together. We cry together. And we play sports together. And he'd take those 800 boys and spread them out on two fields and make about 40 teams. And as they would mature and grow in the game of baseball, he'd put them on the team that best fit them. It wasn't long that Babe Ruth made his way up to the top team. By the time he was 15, he was a tremendous infielder. But he found his spot behind the plate. He was a fabulous catcher. One day the pitcher was struggling. George got to laughing. Brother Matthias called timeout and said, George, you got a problem? He said, yeah, coach, our pitching's horrible today. He said, it is. Won't you get your gear off and you go pitch? 
He goes, oh, no, no. He said, I'll help him. Come on now, we'll put the ball right here, right here. You can do it, big boy. He said, no, you opened your mouth, get your gear off, and go to the mound. No one knew, but a game changer was about to be birthed. Babe humbly went out to the mound, towed the rubber. He said, it's the strangest feeling that I've ever had. I felt like I was born for the pitcher mound. See, George Herman Ruth didn't go to the big leagues because of his bat. He got to the majors because of his pitching. And I was taught, if you're going to play, play to win. And it's not out until the last out. So we got on our team. We traveled. wasn't long. I was 19 years of age. Got a knock on my door. And they said, you need to be seen at the office. I went down there, and there was Brother Matthias and Jack Dunn. Jack said, I like you. I've been watching you. I want to take you to Carolinas tonight and uh, teach you how to play the big leagues. And I didn't know what that meant. The only thing I knew to do is put a collar on a shirt and sew it on there. That was my future. He said, no, you're going to play baseball. $600 a year and all the hot dogs I can eat. I was in there. <laughs> Woo! And soda pop was just coming out, and I liked it. Amen? I was raised on cigars and hard liquor. At the age of five, liquor touched my lips. Only living room I played in was an old sawdust floor full of spit and tobacco and cigars and, and liquor. That was my living room. I never had a clean bed. Mama was down there cleaning the sink and all the filth of those men. And I went to bed by myself, woke up by myself. We had eight kids all together and only, only two made it past the state of infancy. Me and my, my sister made me. I'm telling you, it's a rough life. But thank God for St. Mary's. They put something in me that no one else could. They invested in me. I went in with a horrible attitude, but I come out a winner. And it wasn't long I was playing major legs. And I don't know if you know much about me, but just look me up. Boston Red Sox, they're different because we had a great team. And we had some game changers. We won some pennants, and we won some World Series. And we had fun. It wasn't long. It was a bad deal done. And I was on the New York Yankees there for, what, 12, 14 years? Next thing you know, we had pennants and championships. I turned to another team, and that was nobody into a dynasty. Me and some other hitters called the Murder's Row. What I'm just saying is you get the right people involved, it's hard telling what a church can do. You get the right folks on fire swinging a bat and throwing a ball and catching a ball and getting it where it needs to be and play with passion. Listen, it's crazy what a church can do. When you get a little bit of discipline about you and realize that we are to live different because we are different, we're not of this world anymore, amen. We're children of God, birthed by the Spirit of God. Amen. Taught by the word of God. We don't live that way anymore. Why? He's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Whoa, I'm glad I'm saved. Thank God I'm on the right team. Bambino had a great life on a baseball field. I'm not going to get on the negatives of it. I just want you to know he, he did all he could. And before you know it, his life was going. But what I want to preach to you here this morning is Babe Ruth was a game changer. When I say a game changer, he had 12 walk-off home runs. You know what that means? When they was behind or the game was at a dead even and it was in long innings and people were tired, Babe Ruth would tell them, load up and get ready to catch the train because I'm about to end this thing. And he'd get up there with a 52 Louisville slugger and face that pitcher and say, anywhere close, I'm coming after it. 
And he knocked the ball out of the ballpark. And the guy that took care of the luggage to get it loaded up, he said many times, when I was trying to make arrangements for the train to hold out or bring another one, we ain't going to make it, I'd hear those cleats coming down that concrete. I'd say, boys, what happened? They'd say, but they did it again. He shocked it out of the ballpark. He was a game changer. And boy, they'd load up and get to the next game. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. He's sure been a game changer in my life. Bible says there in Matthew 121, she shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus. You know what Jesus means? Savior. You know what a Savior means? A deliverer. You and I are born sinners. We can't deliver ourselves. We're just rotten. Bible says that we fall short. You know what that means? Continually and every day we fall short. We might get our act together for a little bit, then we nosedive. Bottom line is the first Adam threw us under the bus but God sent his son to bring us back out of the bus, amen, and set us on a solid rock, and that rock is an eternal rock, amen. And I don't know about you, but when I was eight years old, I realized that sin is in my life. I was born a sinner, and sin's got to be dealt with. I mean, the Bible's real clear. You're going to meet Jesus. You can meet him on good terms or bad terms, amen. You can meet him here, uh, you know, here at the altar and say, I'm a sinner, Lord, save me. I don't want to die and go to hell. Or you can neglect it and procrastinate and reject it and die without him, and you're going to meet Jesus on bad terms because everybody will bow he'll say I don't know you the Bible's clear in Revelation chapter 20 you'll be cast into the lake of fire well I'll deal with it when I get there what are you going to do you're a sinner he offered you the free gift the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord so he said, I died for you, but you won't benefit my love and my death for you unless you receive me. John 1, 12 says, but as many as receive him, to them he gives the power to become the sons of God. You can't birth yourself, but God says, I can. So the Bible tells you that Christ is a game changer. He says, his name is Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He tells you and I, number one, he came to save. If you get anything else, get this. God loves you, and he came to be a game changer in your life. For God so loved the world, you all say it with me. He gave his only begotten, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Man, what love. Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love toward us, that while we were yet, Christ died for us. Finish it out. That's it. Now, here's what I want you to see. He's a game changer. He said, I've came to save. For the Son of Man has came to save that which was lost. The word lost means that you're going to be put to death. I'm talking about eternal death. Now, folks, the Bible's clear. Hell's a real place. You don't have to go there, but it's real. Well, I, I don't plan on going there. Well, if you don't get saved, you're planning on going there. The only way you're going to miss hell is give your heart to Jesus. Heaven has a door. Jesus said, I'm the door. No man coming to the Father but by me. Well, he's, he seems like a good man. He's more than a good man. He's the lover of your soul. Well, he seems to be pretty cool. He's more than cool. He's holy. And when we couldn't go to him, he came to us. 
Because I'm a sinner and God's holy, somebody had to stand in there and reconcile us. And thank God Jesus came. He was man, but yet he was God. Man without sin, but yet he could bore our sin. He could die, make the payment for your sins and my sins, but yet he was God and death couldn't hold him, amen? And so he rose again, and he's the what? He is the head of the new creation. Who's the new creation? Those that are birthed by the blood, through the word, in the family of God. He becomes our elder brother. He leads the way. Hey, you don't have to fear death. He's conquered death. Heaven's a real place. Because of you, because God sent his son, which is a game changer. If you'll link up with him by letting him come into your heart, the Bible says he'll save your soul. He tells you and I in 1 Timothy 1.15, he just didn't come to save, he came to save sinners. See, before you can ever get saved, you've got to realize I've got, I need to be saved. I mean, it's kind of hard to be found if you're not lost. You've got to realize that all have sinned. The wage of sin is death. And uh, I'm, I'm under condemnation. If you're here and you don't know Christ, you're under the wrath of God. You know what that means? It means your spirit's dead towards God. Only way your spirit will be quickened to the things of God is God's got to birth you. See, Nicodemus was a, was a uh, righteous or a religious man, but he wasn't a saved man. Remember what Jesus said? Nicodemus, I know you know the law, but the law can't save you. The law can be a mirror and show that you need a savior, but you gotta be born, uh, you gotta be born, uh. See, so you can sit in church, but if you're not born again, you're not saved. Well, I was sprinkled as a baby. Great, high five, but that's not salvation. Preacher, I did a backflip in the pool. Baptized, that's great, you ought to did a forward flip. But it don't matter because water don't save you. You gotta be born again. Jesus said, I come to be a game changer. I just didn't come. I come to save sinners. That's, that's the business. He tells you and I in this verse, this is faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And he says here in this verse, Paul said, of whom I am chief. And the word save sinners just simply means this, to rescue you. Well, what is a game changer. He rescues the whole team. They was at an even kill. Nobody won. But he got up and knocked it out of the ballpark and either cleaned up the bases or he ran it himself. Bottom line is, game over. See, when you give your heart to Jesus, he takes over. When you don't have any righteousness, he imputes it through his son and gives it to you. So what do you do when you get saved? You bring him your mess your sins. He says, all right, Jesus has made an atonement. The blood covers your sins, and the Bible says they're wiped away as if you never sinned. Well, preacher, that ain't right. I'm nothing but a sinner. Boy, you're, we're getting somewhere now. You're right. That when Christ covers it with his blood, God has been satisfied, amen? And you can be justified by his blood. What happened to my sin? God dealt with it through his son. Where's my sin? I don't know. Can't find it far as the east from the west. Never to be remembered again. Well, where did I get my righteousness? Jesus gave you his righteousness. Well, how does God see me? Thank God he don't see you in you no more. He sees you in his son. The Bible tells you and I he's a game changer. John 1, 29, the next day John said, Jesus coming, the next day John said, Jesus coming unto him, he says, behold, the Lamb of God, here it is, which taketh away the sin of the world. 
You know what John was saying? We've been waiting for him to come, and that's him. He's going to spend some time here on earth just to show you that he is not just man, but he's a God-man. After three and a half years, they put him on the cross just like the Bible's taught. They didn't kill him. He bowed his head and gave his life. But here's the words that caught me, which taketh away. Look it up. You know what it means? It simply means this. Paid in full. It means sins are gone. Why is everybody leaving the field? Because the Bambino knocked it out, game over. Why can't we come to the cross and say, God, I need your grace and mercy, but without you, I'm a sinner on my way to hell. He said, well, Jesus can change that for you. Give him your heart, and he'll come in and pay your sins off, amen, and set you free. See, you got a game changer here. If you'll let him in, he'll change your past. Anybody got a bad past? Say, well, preacher, I'm struggling today. Anybody struggle today? Is it a good chance you'll probably fail some tomorrow? If Jesus don't come and help us, you and I are in trouble. You know what would be sad? For him to die for you, and you simply wouldn't receive it. You know what would be sad? That heaven would like to welcome you, but you won't walk through the right door. Wouldn't that be sad for God to love you, the lover of your soul, as much as your mama loves you? She can't get this one for you. She might pull you out of jail over here, but she ain't going to get you out of hell. See, listen, if you miss this game changer, you've missed it. Now, the devil's going to do his thing. He wouldn't be the devil if he didn't. His job at this moment is to come up in your ear and say, Now, don't get all caught up in this. You're not that bad of a person. Listen, folks, it don't say anything about your righteousness because you don't have any. Your righteousness are as filthy rags. Amen? If you want to go to heaven, you've got to humble yourself. That's hard sometimes. You've got to say, you know what? I don't understand it, but the proof is in the mirror. <laughs> Me? I'm rotten. I don't deserve heaven. But salvation is not about you deserving it. Salvation is that he wants to grace you. You What grace means to favor you. It's not anything you earn. He loves you when you're unlovable. When you're dead, he wants to quicken you. When you can't see him, he sees you. When you couldn't get to him, he came to... Think about it. If he didn't make the first move, every one of us would go to hell. He knows our mess. That's why he sent Jesus, the game changer. Christ said on the cross, it is... We can't add anything to it, and we can't take a thing from it. But we can humble ourselves and say, God, based upon your word, I'm a sinner, and I accept that. And based upon your word, God, you love me, and you sent your son to die for me. And he did die, and I accept his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And with my heart, I'm asking you to come in and save me. Standing right back here in this corner, waiting to come out. I don't know who she is. Maybe she had to leave, but she works for the fire department. Her phone's just a-popping. 
She goes, well, we got a wreck down here, and I'm having a hard time getting people there to help. Think about how many people had a day planned, and all of a sudden something happened. Life can change in a heartbeat. If this is your last message that you'll ever hear about the love of God and about the death of his son to die for you, to deliver you, to set you free from your sin debt, to take you out of the realm of going to hell. Make sure your name's never blotted out. See, when it gets right down to the great white throne judgment, here's what he says. You're not in here. You could have been, but the books, I don't know you. You're not in the land book of life. Well, what happened? Well, you got blotted out. See, you were there, but you, were, you procrastinated. You put it off. You thought you had plenty of time. But nowhere in the Bible does it say, well, pray about this. Don't pray about it. Jump on while you can, amen. Don't let it leave you. It's urgent. So he tells you and I, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I've given you four verses that have the same meaning. You can look it up. Redemption simply means this, debt paid in full. We have been restored. Bible says, the forgiveness of sins. Why can't he forgive us? Because his, his you know, he was uh, upset because of sin. Sin separated us. Well, how can we have fellowship? What do you mean? The Bible says that we have redemption through his blood. If you'll just look at it, the forgiveness of sins means this. He don't see sin no more. Sin's been removed, and because of that, we can have fellowship. See, our fellowship is with Christ. Everything you and I do as a church is through Jesus' name. We pray in his name. We worship in his name. You take Jesus out of the picture, we're in trouble. But thank God for the game changer that God sent to do man's business on the cross. And do God's business and make it work so that you and I can meet him and spend eternity with him. My question to you is this. Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. How do you mess up a gift? I mean, he's offering you a son. He's not asking you for money. He's not asking you for a holy life. He's not asking you to lay some righteousness down. He says, I know who you are, and you're in a mess. And if you don't let Jesus come in, we can't have no fellowship. If you don't invite my son into your heart, I can't help you. Heaven's a beautiful place. I want you to see it. But you're not welcome until you deal with my son. See, you realize all judgment's been given to Christ. You say, well, I'll work it out when I see him face to face. Are you serious? Who do we think we are? But I'm telling you, he loves you. And he stands at the door and says, I'm just waiting to come in. But you got to say yes. Now, if you're here and you're saved, and I've basically laid this out for the, the, the unbeliever, can I give you a shot? God sent his son to be a game changer so that in the results of you being a game changer with Christ, he can make you a game changer. And thank God for churches who are full of folks 
that have been saved, amen, by the grace of God, but they didn't quit there. They're still serving by the grace of God. And they're swinging about every Sunday and Sunday night. Man, what a praise team. Hallelujah. I was having a fit back here on that little bench. You might want to check it later on. Man, that's phenomenal. Hey, we got something to worship about, something to sing about. We got something to get excited about, church. Maybe you're here, and for whatever reason, man, you've hit foul balls too long, and you've just struck out in life, and for whatever reason, you can't figure it out. You ought to bring that to the Lord and say, God, I need some help. You know what you need? You need to get in the book. And let that book shine on your path. Let that book x-ray you. You'd be surprised what you think's good. And God says, if you get into the book, I'll show you you're still rotten. You know, the worst thing you and I can do is play doctor. Well, I feel pretty good. Go to the doctor. Well, bless God, I'll wait till I see blood. You might want to go before you see blood. They might be able to save your life. Amen? Why do we always put God off? Marriage is going. God said, I could have helped you, but you did it your way. Church, listen. We got everything we need, but we won't use it. Now, I want to help you, church. We need some athletes. Woodland Hills, God's blessed you, but he can do bigger things. If we could just have some athletes that will come and say, I surrender. I want to be more than a pew setter. I want to get involved and make a difference. Some of you saved, you've never taken your stand in believer's baptism. Guys, that's, the, <coughs> that's your first step. <coughs> that's where you confess that, hey, I was a sinner and Christ came in. That's when you say, hey, I got a new master <laughs> that I need to tell you that <coughs> moved in. And uh, <coughs> I'm under his rule. Baptism is important. It's not salvation, but it's, it's the first step of obedience to let everybody know something's happened in me. You ought to come and say, Pastor, I know I'm saved, but I've never been baptized. And I need to be. Then you need to become part of this church. Man, God's doing great things here, but you can't live on yesterday's bread. You got to have fresh bread. You can't embalm the past. Thank God for the past. But what about the future? You can't show a video about what God used to do. Hey, let's make new videos of what he's doing now. Hey, we got a big job ahead of us. Longview needs a church on fire for God. And that's up to you. I say it's time to get on the field. Swing a bat. Glove a ball. Let's do something for God. Heads about, eyes are closed. I want to ask you something. Are you saved? If, God forbid, if, are you satisfied? Where are you going to spend eternity if this is your last message and you don't respond? How about you, church member? Are you satisfied just sitting when you know you have more to offer? <coughs> Preacher, I'm here and I, I'm not saved. I know it and, and God knows it. And Man, I'm under conviction. Boy, that's good. That's good. That's what conviction does. Brings you to a place where you got to make a decision. Heads about eyes are closed. Who'd be honest real quick and just lift your hands up, put it down. Preacher, I'm not saved. I know I'm not saved. I'd like to be. I want to be. But I'm not. Can I see your hand quickly? Would you lift it up? Say, that's me, preacher. God bless you. Someone else quickly. I'm looking. Preacher, I'm not saved. God forbid that I would go to hell. Preacher, I'm here. I am saved. But God spoke to my heart. I want to be more. I know God's got more in me. I feel it. I'm tired of sitting and watching. I want to get involved. Can I see your hand, believer? Can I lift, just lift it up, all hands all over. Thank you, thank you. Oh, God, please, as we sing this invitation, we pray for souls to be saved. God, may they humble themselves. 
May they not worry about anybody else, but just get their sins under the blood. God, may they come and come quickly. I know there's church members that's tired of watching everybody else. God, may they come forward in faith and say, God, I want to I wanna do something for you. There's some that's saved, never been baptized, and they're convicted about it. They ought to be. May they come and say, Pastor, I need to talk to you about baptism. Baptism, whatever it is, God, may they not leave here and say, nothing happened. When your word spoke to them, may they come humbly and say, God, here I am. Do something with me. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand to the feet, please? The altar is open. As they sing, who'll be the first to come? Who'll be the first to come? Passes right here as they sing. Jesus paid Would you come? Would you come? to him Preacher, I'm not saved, but I'd like to be. Won't you come? Had a few lifted their hand. Won't you come? Give your heart to Jesus. Don't leave here without him. Won't you come? Man, we need some athletes. How about you, Daddy? How about your mom? Would you come?